This is the Kestrel Country Podcast, where we discuss the people, places, and events all around Kestrel Country. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kestrel Country Podcast here in this new year, 2022. I'm joined once again by my lovely wife and co-host, Catherine. Weiss. Weiss. Hello, hello. (laughs) And we have Tiffany Bentley with us today, too. Hi, good morning. Welcome, Tiffany. We are here to discuss real estate, one of our favorite topics, and specifically 2021 year in review. So as we're looking at heading into a new year, um, you know, the market doesn't always follow calendar years, but... Um, it's always good to look back and see what things had happened. And, and around here, you know, it's slushy, snowy, rainy. And so we do kind of have a seasonality to our real estate market. So it's kind of a good time to pause and reflect and, and look at, you know, what happened last year and what might be coming ahead. Absolutely. So looking at 2021, we pulled some numbers, um, but also just talking experience, which is why we have Tiffany and Mike on here to talk about trends that we've seen in Moscow, because last year was obviously a crazy year for the market. We saw a lot of upheaval, a lot of um, bidding wars, things going for high prices. So for the consumer, it can be discouraging. It can look like there's no way to get a home, but it does help to step back and actually look at the data. Yeah. Well, and, and not just that, I think one of the ways that um, I wanted to start a conversation is ask you, Tiffany, like what, so you've been in, you've been in Moscow for a long time. Mm-hmm. So has Catherine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been here a while now, but um, you know what, um, it's always seems like everything's unprecedented. This is crazy. Um, how did you feel about 2021? Having, having been in this business a while, um, was it just a totally unique marker year? Have you seen this before? Kind of what, what was your overall impression of 2021's real estate market? Uh, I would say 2021's motivate, or the word for last year was motivation. People were motivated mm. to go out and buy property, buy land. You know, I think that um, COVID shutting everything down was a good reflection for people. It was like a big speed bump in a way mm-hmm. of like, what do I really want in my life? And so I think that was a ripple effect that we saw into the housing market and Idaho. Obviously, we've seen a huge influx of people moving to Idaho. But just giving that lifestyle of getting out there, enjoying your family, you know, that small town, love your neighbor. And so I think we saw, you know, a huge increase in our local market of motivated people and not just like, you know, that they were just complacent and and happy where they were. So we saw a lot of people who wanted to build or buy land and build Mm -hmm. custom homes. That was a huge share of our market, I think, last year. Um, we saw people who were trying to get into investment properties mm-hmm. um, more so, I think, than than before. But I've seen a crazy market. You know, I was I've been in this business for 18 years, so I've seen the 2008, you know, um, hype before that, and then the slowdown. And so it's it's not uncommon for our market for sure. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that land thing, and, and I had pulled some data and looking at it, and one of the things that really stands out is the land. I mean, everybody knows and everybody expected that we would see good price appreciation across single-family homes. One of the things that was surprising is in Latok County, so including Moscow, we had an 89% increase in the total volume sold of land, um, which was a 33% increase in the average sale price. Um, across land, which is which is huge, 
Is that something that you've seen in the past? I know I feel like land has always been fairly steady around here. And this was the first year that was like, whoa, like serious appreciation fast in land. Very quickly. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I've been doing this a long time and it used to be that, you know, you would call farmers on like a big farm piece that might come out and they're like, what? It's not a thousand dollars an acre. It's been a thousand dollars an acre for, you know, 30 years. And then all of a sudden we saw, um, you know, I was selling parcels, huge parcels of land that were 5,000 an acre. So, you know, I, it, it had hovered around, you know, that 3,000, 2,500 mark for land. Um, but, you know, people aren't coming here to break it up. They want those big mm-hmm. parcels. They want that, you know, elbows, elbow room. So, yeah, yeah, it was, it was interesting for sure. Yeah. And it was hard to price. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, this was definitely a year where it felt like, you know what, you, you know, you want you want the moon for your house, and looking at it, I might not think that that's gonna that's gonna happen, but hey, let's throw it at the wall and see what happens. And I mean, um, yeah, it's just amazing what was happening, especially in the spring. For um, sure, that yeah. that land one. One of the things I've I've mentioned to other folks about kind of illustrating that was we had a lot a 19 acre lot that, you know, sat on the market for a few years. It was a good lot. We had interest, but never really um, ended up getting it sold. And this was in the fall of 2019. We ended up taking it off the market, putting it back on the market in the spring of this, uh, sorry, 2020, the spring of 2021. And um, we put it on the market for $40,000 more than it was on the market for just a few months earlier, same piece of land. You know, it's not like a house that was repainted or updated. Yep. Same Dirt. piece of land, right? <laughs> yep. And it was in, went into a bidding war and ended up selling for $60,000 more than it was listed for a few months later. And it was just that that kind of land grab, if you know, for lack of a better word, of people looking to come here and have that North Idaho feel of more space, like you mentioned, a little more peace and quiet. Um, and yeah, it was really interesting to see that trend. Well, and that's what I love about our alignment between Magenta and Kestrel is that, you know, we can, we have all the data of the MLS at our fingertips to be like, okay, this house should sell for this, or this land should sell for this. But at the end of the day, there's, you can't, how do you put a price tag on that emotional factor? And, and I want that land grab, like you were saying, so I can, um, I can say that throughout the whole year, Mike and I, or Jed and I, or, you know, Mike, Jed and I, or, or whoever on the team has collaborated to be like, Hey, can I get your opinion on, you know, what does the charm factor have for value or what does the shop value have? And that's one thing I love mm-hmm. about our collaboration of our team is yeah. that we are, we are so, um, intentional in helping one another to serve all of our clients. Yeah. Well, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, to yeah, take it away from the market data, just a year in review for us. That's um, been really fun to see the team grow. Yep. Um, and, you know, Catherine became licensed in this last year and Sandy and um, my dad with us now and, and Joyce onto your it's team in this last it's, year. It is. I know. Well, no and, kidding. But so is the market. You know, we saw Zillow's Zestimate crash big time last year. And so there's a lot to be said for local knowledge and local expertise about pricing because it isn't just a perfect algorithm that works. Yeah. Yeah. But then just seeing people within the team too, and the team as a whole grow, um, really fun to see kind of agents starting to get their feet under them and grow and and do a lot in this last year. And, 
Um, yeah, there was a ton of opportunity and a ton of hard work. I think that's one of the things that's interesting in these markets because, you know, one of the things, um, too, when you're looking at the data is sure, the average prices are way, way up. Um, but the quantity sold is like single family, which is what most, when you're talking about real estate, especially in Moscow, yeah. most people are thinking homes, right? Single yeah. family houses. Can't get out, I can't get out of the grocery store without somebody saying like, Hey, how's it going? How's the market? Mm-hmm. And what do you think my house is worth now? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, that's what everybody wants to know. Cause yeah. it's their biggest asset. It's their castle. So they, that's what they want to talk about. I well, can't even go to a family barbecue without talking, <laughs> talking real estate. Well, everybody's aware of it or the garden center or wherever you might be. Everybody's aware of the prices that have been driving up and the people right. influxing in. Yeah. And so if, if you're looking at just single family homes, which again is what most people think about in Moscow, we actually sold 8% less homes yes. in 2021 than we did in 2020. So it was a big decline in overall homes. Volume sold, which would be the so- total number of dollars mm-hmm. of homes that sold, um, was up but by only by 3%. So the difference there, what really increased it was a 13% increase in our average sale price in Moscow, um, which is huge. It's great. It's outstanding. But part of the reason for that, right, is supply demand. There were fewer homes overall sold this last year. And so it does make it a really competitive market. It makes it, um, it makes it tough to compete, but we were, you know, thanks to experience, thanks to collaboration, working together and all of that, um, able to have a really strong year, which was Mm -hmm. really fun. It was so, so fun to watch. It is. It is. Well, and then what were the land sales? Cause you mentioned that already, but what was the amount up from 2020 to 2021? Yeah. So if you're looking at land, um, and this would be for Moscow and Latar County. So I kind of lumped it together. Um, but well, actually let's, since we're talking about Moscow, let's look just at Moscow. So just Moscow, if you're looking at land, um, there was a 47% increase in the number of sales. So versus a decrease in the number of sales for single family homes, there was actually an increase, um, for land. And then there was a, 38% average increase in the sale price. So this would be mostly lots because this is in Moscow, Mm -hmm. but still, and that all of that increased a 103% increase in the, in the amount of volume sold in lots. And some of that was just because they couldn't buy a house. So they finally just said, okay, then I'll build one. Yep. So that worked out great for some of those subdivisions. And yeah. What do you think? I know because you had Indian Hills. um, Yep. Had you... We only have three lots left. It started out with, um, I want to say, gosh, I'm drawing a blank, like 26 or 27 Mm -hmm. that we started with. And we're down to three. And there's some beautiful homes being built over there right now and some that have been built. So it's really starting to take shape. Yeah. And it's great to see that, to see that's going to be adding more inventory to our market here, which has really been lacking. I know um, Brian Points, local economist, did a study about how many housing units we were really short since the recession. Oh, interesting. It's been crazy. And we just really have not been building at nearly the pre-recession rates, even even in this recovery, meaning that now we have just a huge you know, um, lack of supply. And to actually see lots starting to move quickly is really a great sign. I mean, hopefully the builders can... I know, and that's one of the reasons that Moscow has stayed so little. Um, We have such a shortage of housing. Um, But, you know, we don't have those large construction, you know, uh, firms that can come in and, you know, pour 20 foundations at once and frame 20 houses at once, like you might see in Boise or Spokane. You know, we have, let's say we have 20 contractors that build houses. 
Um, and so if you, if they have the capability of building three to four houses a year, so we might only get, you know, 30 new houses a year at probably at most. And then some of those are tied up with customs. Most of them, I, I would say, are tied up with customs. Is that mostly what you're seeing over in Indian Health, custom homes? Yeah, yeah. I had I have one builder who's doing a few specs, um, but that one, we, we sold it before it was even finished. And we didn't want to turn it into a custom home just because that would change the price point. Um, and so we just said, this is what the finishes are going to be. And they bought it. And it was beautiful. Micah Kuhns did a beautiful job. And it was designed by Harvey Points. Is that yeah. the white the white and black? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. God, I loved it. So pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was really neat. We need more of those. Yes. We it's do. It's so fun. Well, we've got a lot of a lot of land uh, being developed right now, so it'll be interesting exciting. to see. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yes. with the inventory of lots having shrunk, hopefully um, the absorption rate on those will be strong. We'll be able to move a lot of lots uh, quickly this coming year. But yeah, it's exciting to see the growth and and um, you know you mentioned intentional earlier to see developments going in in that manner of really really thought out designs you know we had the um the folks from woodbury in here not long ago and That's talking about what they're doing up there for our community i think yeah. it's really going to take that charm of downtown and just carry it out to residential right exactly and, and the charm factor is exciting you know to see when we went over to Seabrook, Washington a couple years ago, they actually modeled Woodbury somewhat or collaborated uh -huh. some with the Seabrook uh, developers. And and that was one of those things there where the doors are so beautiful. I was taking pictures of all these different colors of blue doors, you know, where you're just drawn into yeah. the home, where yeah. it's not just slapped up. It might not be garage forward. And sometimes that's fine. You know, it's what you can fit on the lot. But, but where they're thinking through, no, you want to be here. You want to be welcoming yourself yeah. or your people home. And I think Woodbury will do that. And then, you know, those other ones that are popping up, it's just exciting. I think we've gotten away from knowing our neighbors. You know, we just pull into our garage because we were all busy before COVID. And, and it was like, I kind of, I was the same way. It was like, what was I busy doing? You know, I was just busy going. It felt like going to events and kids things and, and, you know, I got away from even knowing who my neighbors were. And I think that that was a silver lining for me. And I think that that's partly why you're starting to see those kind of neighborhoods is people, people miss people, I think. Mm -hmm. And so it's wanting to know your neighbor and wanting to have that hello. And, mm -hmm. um, cause when I developed Britain Lane many, many years ago, I was one of the first people that lived there. And it was so fun because we shut off the street and we had a neighborhood barbecue and we had a cookie, you know, pass around at Christmas. And I, I, I would love to see our community and our neighbors get back to that. And I think building those kind of neighborhoods like Woodbury is going to really um, promote that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you mentioned people moving here and the motivation for moving here and that United Van Lines research that they put out for 2021, the, motivation 31.8 percent of people said they were moving to be close to family or that was their motivation was the family which is interesting you know and then idaho's seen a lot of influx of that too and just anecdotally we've seen that happen you know a family members here and so more people are coming yeah yeah smaller towns and 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 smaller towns translates not just to moscow and seeing that growth but um, one of the interesting things here, and, and I feel like anecdotally, I felt this way that the outlying areas actually outside of Moscow, I felt they were busier than Moscow were super hot, right? Yeah. It just, it felt like, Whoa, all of a sudden, Troy, Genesee potlatch is just going crazy. Yeah. And when you look back at the numbers, it actually bears that out. So 
we had a 13% increase in single family homes in Moscow, average price, right? 21% in the surrounding county. Yeah. So the surrounding county had over 20% increase in their appreciation for single family homes. Um, and again, this is an inventory issue. Their number of active listings in the county was down 16%. Yeah. And we would see multiple offers on those homes where they used to sit on the market for weeks or months. Um, you know, and I always say in our market, if you've been on the market for two weeks because of our inventory, that's generally equivalent to say three months in an alternate alternate market. So those homes in the outer line communities just used to sit on the market. I mean, I would I, I could show the same community house you know, several times before it would sell. Now it's, you're lucky if you get the first showing before it sold. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, I used to adjust on a market analysis for location. Like if I had to use a Moscow home for a Genesee or a Troy comparable, I would generally adjust somewhere, you know, around thirty to $40,000 just for the commute. And now it's not that way anymore. I would say Genesee is pretty close to Moscow prices. Mm -hmm. Still yeah. a tiny bit less, but you know, you've got that draw between Lewiston and Moscow. And so I don't really adjust a whole lot anymore for Genesee. Yeah. Well, I think you're seeing one, the prices are a little bit more attractive, certainly in the outlying areas yep. and that as Moscow gets expensive. So we've been throwing around different numbers, but the average sale price for a single family home in Moscow um, the, in 2021 was $406,705. That gets pretty tough, right? It does. Um, in the county, 361000 So still a lot. I mean, to think that it was over 350000 outside of Moscow. too, so that mm -hmm. that's also a drive because you can True. generally buy more home outside. Yeah, more home. Some of those are going to have more land and all of that as yeah. well. But still, I mean, as Moscow gets less affordable per for people, it's pushing them out to some of those uh, outlying towns. But I think some of it too is like that van line survey that you're talking about, Catherine, is that people, um, they're looking for that small town feel. And there's a lot of people that I talk to is like, well, actually, I don't necessarily want to be in that yeah. 10 minute range to Moscow. I want to be in Deary. I want to be in Troy. I, I love this little small town feel. It's kind of where I grew up in rural California or whatever it might be. And they have that almost nostalgia for it, but also just that love of kind of quiet and community and some of that. And I also think, you know, you, you kind of have to give a shout out to these communities because they have really you know, been investing in their community to, to have that drive. You know, you've got the pie safe out in Deary. Oh yeah. Good grief. I wish they had a food truck here it in Moscow. It is so good. But, so you know, good. Or, yeah. <laughs> actually, I, I, I don't need a food truck here in Moscow, but like, you know, and then Potlatch is, I think yeah. it's going to become the next little up and coming popular little hotspot. I really do in the next few years. Well, they have those great nurseries out there. They produce wonderful stuff for your garden and Potlatch now has Redfur, the really cute yeah. little coffee shop. Plus the cool. views in Potlatch. You always comment about how beautiful it is when we're heading out to Potlatch. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Well, and you're seeing to kind of talk about that, that up and coming downtown, there's a, there's been, I didn't pull the numbers on this, probably should have, but a lot more commercial activity in For those sure. towns too. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been a lot of businesses turning over a lot of downtown commercial Potlatch, um, in the Troy, definitely. Yeah, it is. Troy. Yeah. yeah. And, and seeing people really investing in those communities, big time of planting there saying, Hey, I'm going to do something here and, and make this a destination for sure. Yeah. So I think a follow-up question then from the buyer's perspective or the investor's perspective, if they're looking at Moscow, looking at the prices increasing, where, where does it put them in terms of 
investing in it now or purchasing a home now in 2022? Are you asking in terms of like timing? I mean, asking in terms of timing and price. So if they're getting cold feet because of the, the values have gone so high and then they think it can't go higher, or is it something where, nope, this is still on the up, uh, you know, on the rise. We're not going to see a pop yet of the bubble or where do you think it lands? Yeah. I've got some thoughts on it, but I'll let you go first. (laughs) I would say one thing that people should consider if they feel like that they're getting outpriced out of the market on single family is to look at a duplex, live in one side. And cause you can, if you own or occupy a duplex, you can live in it for 3% down, which is unheard of. Cause if you were to buy that same exact property as an investor, you have to have 20 to 25% down. So it's, I think that we saw that a lot because a lot of the duplex pricing was, um, kind of all over the charts. So I, th- I think we were seeing people going, oh, I want to live here. I want to make it affordable. And how can I make it affordable? Mm-hmm. And it's by living next to your your tenant. And we did that. That's how we got started in real estate. And I still have that same tenant who lived next to us 17 years ago and I wow. adore her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and they become friends. And so it's a good way to get your foot in the door for investing. Um, and then we saw a lot of people too, who's, who their kids were going to be moving here and it was a good place to put their money is into real estate. And so we saw them starting to kind of reinvest into their kids' education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think obviously no one has a crystal ball, right? right. So we can't predict the future of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we do have history to look back at. And what we saw during the 2007, 2008, you know, financial cri- or housing crisis at, at that time was really very little change here in Moscow. Yeah, we just you know, like hit a brick wall. Yeah, it, it was there was not a lot. We didn't have that massive um, depreciation that you saw in other areas um, of the country. And I think we're a fairly recession-proof town, partly because of the two universities. I yep. mean, that's generally what happens when when um, economic hardship happens. People go back to school. That's the government right. incentivizes it. They want to get that skill. They want to figure out how to be more competitive in the job market. And so universities tend to be counter cyclical. So that helps us out from that standpoint. Um, we're also as, as expensive as things have gotten here compared to the Northwest in general, exactly. it's still very affordable, right? Um, my sister and brother-in-law were just visiting from Seattle and hearing them talk about the prices over there. I mean, it's still, I think as things potentially slow down, interest rates rise, it's going to be that much harder for say a computer science major um, you know, Amazon employee or something like that to live in Seattle. And now that telecommuting has become so normalized, I think you're going to see small towns like us who are still relatively affordable, continue to rise. And just the quality of life here is going to continue to be strong. So I would say get in now, you know, and, and especially if you think you're going to be here a while, um, maybe you lose, maybe the market does crash in the next couple of years and you lose a little bit of value you, you're going to get that back, right? For like sure. yeah. it's, it's that whole idea of, you know, there's just only so much land. Mm-hmm. And for people who are dumping money into Bitcoin and other places, like real estate is a very similar type of investment. It may have some bumps, but it's going to continue to go up. People always need a place to live. They're never making any more land, right. especially in, in a place like this. So. Well, and if you look at like the time that I've been in real estate, we're always about a year behind the national trend. So in 2008, when the housing, uh, you know, 
came to was a crisis across the country, we didn't see a decline in sales prices when, you know, throughout my entire career, if we were going to see decline, it was then. And so, but we stayed strong through like 2009 because we were a year behind and we didn't lose value. We just kind of stopped. And then once the nationwide values kind of kicked back up, we just picked up right, right back with them. So I think that this year is going to be busy as well because just because of that same factor and then same with um investment sales what we've what i've seen in my career is that the rental rates don't really go up because you have to have rental rates to go up in order for the prices to go up but what we saw this year was reverse um was we saw the prices go up so i think we're going to see rental prices go up because they have to adjust Um, But normally what we see is that the rental rates kind of stay the same. You might see like 3%, you know, you know, cost of living index increase, but then they stay the same for about seven years. And then it's just this like quick rise. And then it just plateaus again for another seven years. So I I would say, I think that things are never going to get cheaper. You know, the cost of lumber we saw this summer, the cost to build, you know, there's not this huge profit margin for these contractors who are building these new houses. Um, And so I would say now is the time to get prepared. Um, It used to be that our market was the busiest between, you know, March through October. But what we've seen is people starting to get, again, more motivated. And so come about mid-January here, People are going to start calling because they want to they want to beat that that, you know, quick market rush in May or excuse me, March. And so I would say reach out to your local lender, get pre-approved, reach out to your realtor, sit down with them, tell them about what you're looking for, because those deals are coming. 